0: Hey, it's Mark Scheifele here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is Ryan, one of your hosts, and today we have episode 98, which is a recap of the World Juniors. Liz, Dylan, and Jake discuss the tournament in general and then dive deeper into some of the Jets' prospects. Keep your eyes peeled later this week for a season preview episode with Liz, Chris, and myself as we discuss the upcoming Winnipeg Jets season, which gets underway this Thursday against the Calgary Flames. So thanks for listening, and enjoy the episode.
2: So hey everybody, welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. It's Liz here, and I'm joined by Jake and Dylan. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Junior Tournament that just wrapped up. Um, Jake, Dylan, super happy to have you here. Thank you for coming to join me today.
0: Yeah, good to be here. I mean, I was an Atlanta Thrasher fan, Um, didn't follow them along, but it's always, I have some good friends on Jet's Twitter, so it's good to be on a podcast with them again.
2: Man, we're yeah, we're a big fan of Jets Twitter.
1: Thanks for having me on again.
2: Super, yeah. So um, the tournament wrapped up just a couple days ago. Um, Canada fell in the final, 2 nothing to um, Team USA, but they had a pretty strong tournament, uh, good results, all things considered. So I was just wondering if maybe, Dylan, you wanted to sort of walk us through a quick little overview of the round robin of the whole general tournament, just to kind of jog everyone's memory a little.
1: Yeah, so obviously with COVID, everything was kind of a little messed up. So they only had the one pre-tournament game, which went pretty well against Russia. And they came in, they played the shorthanded Germans, and we all know what happened there. Um, they basically cruised their way to a 4-0 record, outscored their opponents 33-4, to didn't allow a single regulation goal against. Five-on-five, uh, five, I mean. So, I mean, it was pretty easy, like, they didn't have a great group. It was Finland, Germany, Slovakia, and Switzerland. So not really hockey powers besides Finland. But all in all, the team played really well. It looked really good. It, it looked like maybe one of the most dominant Team Canada's ever. Uh, Dylan Cousins led the way with 16 points in the entire tournament. He was no doubt their best forward. Bowen Byram was on the point. He was unbelievable tournament long. Devin Levi was great as well in goal which was completely unexpected uh seventh round pick by florida so yeah all in all i'd say uh it was a good uh it was a good round robin and uh the expectations were super high going into playoffs
2: and with that little (laughs) um ominous kind of intro there jake do you want to talk a little bit about kind of canada and the u.s and the playoffs and sort of what happened there
0: yeah so Uh, For those who aren't familiar with the World Juniors, eight out of the ten teams do make the quarterfinals, and then it's single elimination from there. Uh, Russia played Canada in the semis. Canada beat them 5-0, showing their buzzsaw tendencies and I guess making uh, the Canadian fans pretty confident. The U.S. played Finland and gave up a 3-1 lead in the third period, but then Arthur Kaliev... The talented L.A. Kings prospects scored in the final two minutes to win, and the U.S. played Canada in the final. It was the two Hockey East goaltenders, Devin Levi and the first-rounder Spencer Knight, both Florida Panthers prospects. Alex Turcotte, Trevor Zegers scored for the U.S., who got outshot 34-21, to but Spencer Knight held them down, and the U.S. gets their fifth medal win, and I guess kind of won the Canadians were not expecting because they had been so dominant throughout the entire tournament. And then they just ran into a wall of the U.S. uh, goaltending and defense.
2: Do you think that was kind of the main issue? Like, was it just that the goaltending and the defense was that good and they hadn't seen that all tournament long? Or do you think there's some other kind of factors that played into the, uh, what some people would call a surprising loss for Team Canada?
0: I don't know if the players would have underestimated the U.S. because I think they know from having played against them for years that how competitive the uh, Team USA has become. I think the fans certainly underestimated them, so I don't think the loss was that shocking. But anytime you run into – you're that dominant through the first six games of a tournament. Uh, And then you outshot – you outshoot the U.S. by 13 shots in the final – I, I guess I can see moder- it being moderately surprising, but I, you know, I'm sure I'm the biased American here, but I wasn't too shocked at the result.
2: Yeah, and that's fair. Like I know when I was watching, kind of I like to be critical as lots of people do, and I was worried throughout the round robin that if and when we had to play the U.S., we weren't going to be able to handle it because they just seemed to be more composed as a unit, and they had yeah those factors. Like obviously goaltending was not an issue for Canada um, in the slightest, but. I felt that, yeah, the U.S. Um, was a powerhouse and they they proved it and they were consistent all the way through. So good on them. Congrats. Love the barrel. All that fun stuff. <laughs> um, but kind of the main reason that we're chatting about this on the podcast is because we had three Jets prospects playing in uh, the tournament. We had Cole Perfetti on Team Canada and then two Finns, Henri Nikanin and um, Billy Enola. So um, I don't know if, Dylan, you want to kind of dive into some of the observations you made about... Um, maybe about Cole Perfetti, we'll start with that, and then we'll kind of move on to the finish guys after.
1: Yeah, for sure. Cole Perfetti, I would say almost he had an up-and-down tournament. I would say there were times where he looked really good, and there were times maybe he left you wanting more. But the flashes, I think, were what Jets fans really need to focus on. He's so smart, so skilled, so talented. He definitely needs to gain a step to be effective at the next level. Uh, There are times in the tournament where he looked slow and his first step wasn't good. He was getting caught from behind a lot. He wasn't winning puck battles along the wall, but still ended up with six points in seven games and he played the half wall in the power play. So all in all, I'd say I think we expected a little bit more, but not a bad tournament for Colbert Fetty and uh, he is eligible to return by one day. So If he's not on the Jets next year, he will be a front and centerpiece for Team Canada for sure.
2: Right, yeah. So, um, for a general kind of, for Jets fans, would you say that this was an encouraging tournament um, to see from him? Or was it kind of just very grey and there's lots more time to kind of make a better snap judgment?
1: I would say, I think some people's uh, hopes were a little higher for him. But... I'd say there's a lot to be encouraged about for Cole Perfetti. I mean, the skill is there. The talent is there. Just There's some things he needs to work on, of course, but uh, I'd say it was an okay tournament. It wasn't great. He didn't shock the world by any means, but he wasn't bad. I would just say it was an okay tournament.
2: Right. And would you say it's kind of the things that the gaps that were there were the kinds of things that can be filled by more experience as opposed to huge gaps like, you know, being slow or being you know not hockey smart kind of thing like mostly just stuff that'll come with time would you say
1: yeah I would say so um when I'm looking at a player I'm looking at their skill and their smarts I think everything else you can work on but Culper Fetty has both of those in spades so I wouldn't be too worried about him at all he just needs to work on his quickness a little bit and an interesting point that was actually brought to me on uh, Twitter by Tony Tony MB Hockey on Twitter. Everybody knows him.
2: Got to shout uh, him out every podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, got to shout him out every podcast. So basically, he pointed out how if he, he feels like a lot of the Jets prospects come into uh, the new season, kind of I don't know, it, maybe weighing too much, or however you want to put that. But they they try to put on too much weight, and they're trying to be physically ready. And I'm and he was wondering, and I, I thought it was a good point as well. Are are Jets prospects coming in? Uh, trying to focus too much on being physically ready and is it hurting their development we've seen this with Morrissey, Niku, Laine, Perfetti now I'm just wondering if maybe Perfetti kind of put on too much weight and he wasn't ready to play with it so it's an interesting point that's brought up but uh, that's something that's so obviously uh, you can deal with that for sure
2: yeah, totally. So that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I saw that tweet, too, and it was a very interesting thinking point. I was like, oh, yeah, you a lot of repetition with other prospects we've had over the years. Um, so, Jake, I'll throw back to you if you want to kind of just give a little bit of a, a summary of your observations on uh, Nikanin and Enola.
0: Well, the U.S. played Finland in uh, the semi. That is the only uh, Finnish game I I actually watched uh, for a number of different reasons. But Vili Henola was pretty... Uh, impressive as in that game as uh, Finland mounted their comeback. Obviously, with the NHL experience, you expect him to have progressed to a certain level among his age group. I will have to go back and watch the tournament. If you look at the YouTube user Taiwan Hockey, uh, they actually have every game up, so I will use that in the coming months to keep formulating opinions on prospects. But I, I did not really uh, notice Nikkinen, but you know if you. What they what they say if you're not noticeable, it's probably the best thing. Uh, that's really all I have to say there.
1: Yeah, Martin, I I, I actually could hop in here if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, definitely. I
1: mean, Ville Haina uh, he played 28 minutes in Finland's last two games. That was 28 minutes each game. I should uh, clarify. Uh, I mean, he was fantastic. He was a zone exit magician. He was just constantly getting out of his own zone with possession of the puck. He is, He's going to be an NHLer sooner than later, should be this year. Um, and Nikan in, uh I mean, he had 3.7 games, so nothing too crazy on the score sheet. But he surprised me a bit, actually. He, he displayed some speed and some smarts. Um, I think he could be a player in the NHL one day, maybe a, a bottom six with uh, some speed and some PK ability, especially if uh, the coach is still there. He likes his speedy guys in the bottom six. Um, and actually, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was one uh, speed he had in the Liga where he was clocked as one of the fastest skaters at some point. He was. So yeah, so he's got some wheels on him. So, I mean, that's an intriguing prospect Uh to uh, to follow going forward.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, like you said, he um, like I, he wasn't super noticeable. Like I know for me, I was looking for him because I was watching Finland to watch. Him and Enola, and they kind of in the last couple games when it was like kind of the do or die whole situation, they were really cycling their top two lines. So he didn't see a ton of ice time, but that was when Enola really shone. And he was really, and like you said, his zone exits. Um, and (laughs) we we love zone exits on this team, so that was good. Jake, did you want to throw something else in there?
0: Yeah, I even if you're not like even if you're not just focusing on the people in the jet system as of now, I think a few. People who are eligible for the first time in this 2021 draft really showed themselves on what, for the gold medalists, Matty Beniers from the university of Michigan, I think kind of cemented himself as a top 10 pick for the 2022 draft, Brad Lambert from Finland. I, yes, a guy named Brad Lambert from Finland, but I, uh I'm really impressed by him and think he should be a top at this point, a top three, top three, p- yeah. top three pick. Uh You know, Jesper Wallstedt on the Swedish goaltender is supposed to be the first goalie off the board this year. Even if you're not just watching for those from the Jets, I think there may be a couple people uh, at this World Juniors who could be Jets in a few months' time.
2: Yeah, totally. And I was thinking about that when I was kind of planning this episode, and I was going to throw that in the end. But let's let's touch it now. Next year's tournament, like who are we watching for? Who are some guys that um, are – draft eligible you know like you said brad lambert is one of the big ones that they talked about um but who are some of the guys um that we should keep our eye on next year obviously if we have some draft picks playing next year like colper freddy or anyone that we get in the 2021 draft but are there some other draft eligible guys that might be a fit uh with the jets hockey club dylan i don't know if you want to jump. in. yeah
1: on. i'll uh, i'll jump in i just want to jump in on brad lambert real quick i mean i don't want to jump into player comparisons that's just not not who i am But if I have to, I mean, and this is going to sound ridiculous to some people, my player comparison for Brad Lambert is Connor McDavid. I'm not saying he's going to be Connor McDavid, but that's how he plays. He is just an exciting player. And if the Jets are going to be bad in in 2022, I mean, there's also Shane Wright, Matt Savoy. Both could be on Canada next year. Shane Wright, the exceptional player uh, on uh, Kingston. Whether or not they're going to play this year, we don't know. So we don't know how his development is going to shake up. Matt Savoy plays on the Winnipeg ice. He's uh, projected to go very high in 2022, probably top three. He's actually about to play in the USHL as the WHL is not running. But those are three names right there in 2022 that potentially could play in uh, in the World Junior Tournament next year.
2: Nice. Yeah. And um, on Team Canada, sorry, this is a random point to throw at you who are some of the guys who are eligible again next year? I know Cole Perfetti um, could play on team Canada again next year, um, which I actually didn't know going into this tournament. So the fact that he got cut from team Canada last year, not a big deal. <laughs> like he was yeah. just a kid, but uh, are there some other guys on our team as in Canada that um, yeah. are back for blood next year?
1: Yeah. So there's only five eligible to return next year. Quinn Byfield, Cole Perfetti, Jamie Drysdale, Dylan Grand, and Brendan Gooley. I don't expect we're going to see Quentin Byfield back unless something crazy happens. Jamie Drysdale's a question mark. Cole Perfetti's a question mark. So that leaves Dylan Garand, who didn't play a single game in the tournament, and Brendan Gooley, who was a second or third-pairing defenseman for Canada this year. So there's going to be a lot of fresh blood next year for Canada. This was a an older group. I think it showed in, in the results until the gold medal game. But there's not a whole lot of guys coming back next year, so a guy like Shane Wright, a guy like Cole Perfetti, if he makes it, they're going to have huge roles on this team. So it'll be really exciting to watch next year.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, like, that's like where Bo and Byron comes in. Like he was on the team last year, right? So And so was Dylan Cousins, and you throw those two guys. Well, and while we're at it, Kirby Doc, all three of them um, were given leadership roles this year because of their performance last year. So, Jake, did you want to jump in on that at all?
0: Yeah. Um, I, if you have listeners on the American side of the border, there are, six of uh six americans eligible to return uh including maddie Paneers and jake sanderson and brett Barard, who all had pretty good tournaments so it, it's not going to be as deep of an american team this probably was their best chance for the time being but you know you never know sometimes you do get the, the repeat champions
1: Interesting. oh jake uh maybe speak to uh kent johnson as well that's a name uh Canadian fans should be looking forward to
0: next year. Uh, Ken Johnson, as well as Owen power two Canadians at the university of Michigan, who uh, were uh, pretty highly touted recruits along with Beniers power was invited to the team Canada camp, but his coach Mel Pearson uh, did not allow him to go. I think both of them who should be pretty high first round picks could uh, contribute to the college contingent like Devin Levi and Alex Newhook did this year.
2: Oh neat. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Um, and quick little sidebar, two minute debate: Canada versus America. Um, Jake on the uh, I want you to go on the Jake Sanderson side, and Dylan on the Jamie Drowsdale side. Who's better?
0: want to go, go First on this one.
2: Yeah, go, go ahead, Jake.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I've been a Jake Sanderson fan for years. He actually was partially raised in Canada in Calgary, but he was born in the U.S. and chose to play uh, for the U.S. NTDP and team USA. I love his game. Even if his offense hasn't been fully developed yet, he's definitely showing flashes both with the NTDP at the university of North Dakota. When he got the play, you know, he's a zone exit machine. His defense his off the puck play is pretty much perfect at this point. I think he's going to be a very good defenseman for a pretty long time in the NHL. I like him more than cam York, uh, who was the best American defenseman in last year's draft.
1: Yeah, I, I actually love J.B. Drysdale. I think I had him ranked much higher than uh, Sanderson on my list. He's a brilliant skater, quarterback's the power play. I mean, he's just a guy. I think he's a new age defenseman where he's going to carry the puck. He's going to make plays with the puck. He's going to be able to defend. I think he's a number one defenseman, and especially on that Anaheim Ducks team with Trevor Zegers coming there now, that's... uh. It's a pretty good situation for him. They got a couple of young guys there. I'm, I really love uh, Drysdale. He's uh, a fantastic defenseman.
2: Nice. So, yeah, no, it's good. And it's always fun to uh, kind of look back on world junior teams, such as this one, where a lot of the guys likely have promising NHL careers. And you kind of look at, especially that era from like, you know, even 2014 to 2017 or whatever, your Connor McDavid era, all those guys that are now borderline superstars. And it's fun to see where they end up. So who knows where, use Canadian American and you finish whatever rosters end up in the next couple of years. But, um, just to sort of wrap up this whole segment, let's kind of just jump back to our three jets prospects that we had. Um, Dylan, do you maybe want to touch on where you think kind of a, what now with these guys where obviously this is all COVID contingent, whatever, but where do they fit in the jets organization? What happens now? What do you want to happen now? What do you think is actually going to happen now?
1: floor is yours yeah so okay I'll start with Cole Perfetti um in my opinion uh, he's not NHL ready yet probably a year away with the OHL uh not happening at the current moment of this podcast I think he would benefit a lot if he's allowed to play in the AHL I think that's a league where he could really develop um and that actually uh He's not coming to the Jets camp at the moment. Palm Reyes actually said that uh, he's been locked in away in a bubble. Didn't get to have a Christmas, so he's probably going to go home for a bit. So I would imagine that means he's probably going to start the season in the AHL. Uh, and then Henry Nikanin, uh he's going to go back to Euclid in the in the Liga. Uh, he's got seven points in fifteen games right now. So, I mean, he's a guy that's probably three, four years away. Probably will come to uh, North America at some point and play in the AHL. I mean, and then we go to Billy Hainala. God, Billy Hainala. He is NHL ready right now. It would be a joke, in my opinion, if he is not playing on the roster. He is so much better than the Lucas Abizas and the Nate Bolius. I mean, I don't know what this coach is going to do. He has shown a willingness at times to play young players, but more times than not, He's uh, not willing to play young players because you got to develop guys like Lucas Pisa. I'm telling you, they're going to be good at some point.
2: Oh, good um,
1: Lord. <laughs> But yes, uh, Billy Hainless should probably be in the NHL. Um, I think he will be. I think Paul Maurice
0: can't possibly screw this up.
2: Jay, As an to-
0: Islanders yeah. fan, I am very familiar with trying to develop Lucas Pisa. It is, <laughs> I, I feel for you guys over there. <laughs>
2: did you have any kind of last words you want to throw in to kind of talk about sort of the future of some of these guys in the Jets organization or anything like that?
0: No, I think I about covered it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a great time for, it's a great time to be an NHL prospect as long as the coaches uh, cooperate with you. But if you're a world junior fan, I think you're going to be in for some pretty, uh, more great tournaments that we have coming up.
2: Great. And then on that note, um, I think I'll wrap things up. So um, thank you, Jake and Dylan for coming and chat with me today. Have a great rest of your night.
0: Thank you. Yep. See ya. I'm Kirk
2: Gilback and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.